Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Insight Triple O. I hope everyone is having an amazing day, an amazing time at work, a wonderful brunch, whatever um, you know, whatever you're doing at this time of the day, or good evening or good morning, depending on what time zone you're living in. So yeah, you guys, I'm back once again with another episode of what I started um, basically, well, I'm not going to say it was, a, I was about to say what I started as a series, but it's now going to become a series because I didn't start out like that. And one of my, um, my last podcast that I recorded, it was basically talking about, you know, how Jesus is not a stranger. That wasn't the title of it that went out, you know. But I feel like I, I needed to basically share some more insight concerning this because I came across something else that was just like so good. And I said, oh, no, this is another example of how Jesus isn't a stranger. And so now I'm going to intentionally I'm going to begin to maybe I'll do a couple of a few, you know, more than two episodes concerning this point. And um, it's just a beautiful thing. It's just like now when I read the Bible, they are starting to look like love stories because I feel like, you know, a lot of what Jesus did for us, we don't really, you know, I guess engage in um, all of the things he he's done for others, not just for us on the cross, but to really, you know, um, be caught up in what he's done for others and how he treated people, you know, and the way he carried himself amongst other people and just the way he talked to people in general. It's just, it's mind blowing. You know, like I said, it's very touching. And like I said, these are starting to, it's starting to become more than just the word of God to me. They're starting to feel like true life love stories. And one of the ones that I wanted to talk about, which a lot of people, you know, have shared before. And like I said, I just, I saw something different when I, when I read this and I wanted to share it with you guys. Very, very, very meaningful, um, point of view, you know, between Christ and the woman of uh, the Samaritan woman. And that's what I was going to talk about today is John chapter four. And before we begin, Lord, I just thank you for all of my listeners that are out there today. I pray, Lord God, that whatever the need is, whatever the desire is, that you would meet it according, according to your will and your word. I pray, Lord God, that you would just touch the lives of many, those that are listening, those who may tune in at a later time. In Jesus' name, I pray, Lord. I just thank you, God, for blessing my listeners. In Jesus' name, I pray, Lord. Amen. So we're going to get right into John chapter 4, and it's, it's, it's talking about a Samaritan woman who meets her Messiah and what he means to her. You know, it's not just the Messiah, it's what the Messiah, what Christ means to her. And um, I'm going to just, you know, hop right into this. So it's John chapter 4, and it's, it's, it starts off as, um, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sakar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, 
sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank it and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. So Jesus said to her, go. Call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke, in that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the father. You worship what you worship, what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. I read, I like reading the whole thing um, when I do these podcasts because, like I said, I don't want to, um, I mentioned this before in one of my recordings, I don't want anyone to leave confused with anything I share as far as like the word of God is concerned. So, this is such a profound story and what I wanted to talk about was, ver to start off talking about was verse 5. It said, so she, back in the beginning, it said, so he came to a city talking about Jesus of Samaria, which is called Sakar. Now, I was like, wow, you know, let me let me see what Sakar is about. And Sakar was not a, a, a good place. It was a place of, it, in, when I looked it up, it says, it, the meaning of it in the Bible, it means drunken, hilarious, merry, deeply drunk, madness, falsehood, deceit, deception, disappointment, foolish, I think it's impious and ungodly. 
and it's it was called Sakar. The woman was from a, the city that the woman was from in Samaria. It was it was signified as a confused state of mind or a mixed state of consciousness, idolatry. So this was a wild place. And more than likely, this woman was doing some wild things to get what she needed. So that's why she was going. Hold on. I'm sorry. So that's why she was she was where she was. Like this this, this is the reason why she was where she was. She was she went here because she was in a position in her life where she was doing things to get what she needed to survive. It could have been food, it could have been water, but it's telling us here that she was just coming to get water. But nine times out of ten, she was being fed as well. So I never realized, you know, until I deeply studied this or whatever, like what was she doing there? I was always under the impression that this woman was coming to the well for herself. No, she she did come for herself. She was coming to get water, but she had to go through so much and so many men. No disrespect, but this is what this is what was going on. She was basically doing things for money, you know, doing something strange for a little piece of change, as they call it in the street. She was doing all these things just to get water. But Jesus, what I loved about what he said to her, he didn't call her what she was. or He didn't call out, you know, what it is in detail that she was doing. He got straight to the point. Basically, he said in verse 10, when she asked him, you know, um, she said that the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritan. Jesus answered and said to her, he said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So basically what she was doing and what she was getting, Jesus knew it still wasn't enough for her. It still wasn't enough basically to keep her thriving and to keep her alive because you need water to live. And these people, these men knew that, you know what I mean? But they was putting her through all of this stuff. And, and after going through all of this stuff, she they didn't even have the decency to come to the well to get the water with her. This is why, you know, she was basically being abused. You know, she was being, you know, more than likely her body was probably being used. And, you know, for I don't know who's listening. So I'm trying to be mindful of my words because a child could be listening to this one today. So, yeah, this woman, you know, she was doing things to survive, doing things like just to get water. But Jesus told her, if you would have asked him and he and he would have given you living water, now, let me back up in this verse again. This is why we can never take, I really, like, I'm trying not to be so, I was very overwhelmed by this, this chapter in these verses. And so I, I'm trying my best to get this out without running ahead of myself. Number one, I love how Jesus gave God glory in this moment. He didn't even, he gave God glory and he didn't try to, put himself like in such a high place where this woman couldn't talk to him. This is why I'm really on this thing entitled Jesus is not a stranger because he basically took his time. He talked to this woman like she was a woman, like she was a human being, like she was a person. And then and when it goes, Jesus answered and said to her, he said, if you knew the gift of God, 
Now, many people may not out there may not know who God is or may not be a Christian or may not be a believer or don't, you know, consider yourself a son or a daughter of God. But what I, what I tell you, what I want to tell you before going any further, salvation and knowing Christ is a gift. And I was just blown away how I've missed that one word in this, the gift of God. He said, if you knew the gift of God, basically our salvation is a gift. What God has for us is a gift. Now, what it, more than likely what she was doing, it wasn't given to her as a gift. She had to do something. She probably had to use her body and God knows what to get this water or to get her needs met. Because it said, if you knew the gift of God, basically she was working and fetching the water, but she had to do something that was probably out of pocket to get it. Now, if you working and everything is legit, you know, for you to get by in life, that's one thing. But like I said, not only was she being used to go get the water, but she was doing something crazy to actually get it. And I'm gonna go down even further. I read it, but I'm gonna just shed light on it to, you know, to justify what I'm saying as far as like her way of life and her lifestyle at the time. But I'm telling you, that's just a beautiful thing. Verse 10, he said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him. So she, she was doing something to get something. Jesus was like, I see you asking and I see you basically doing things that you really don't have to do. Not only if you come to me, I'm going to give you what you need, but I'm going to give you something that's everlasting, which is living water. This is what he told her. So the verse 11, it says, the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father, Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock. This is what I'm talking about right here. She was so um, headstrong on trusting in this well because of other people. Because of other people have put their trust in his well and this water as a means to survive. That's just like going on now in this world. People will try to make you do things and you to survive and then you can go so deep in it which is very which is considered a well you can get so deep and what others can tell you what you need to survive that you don't even have the time or the capacity in your mind to think what God can do for you and 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 to put that level of trust inside of him cuz she was basically like who's better than Jake who's better than Jacob you know what i mean and that's what she was asking Jesus so thir verse 13, this is Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. This right here, he, this is what he was doing. He was tapping into her soul. He knew she was more thirsty for water than she was more thirsty for a change. Like he knew that she, she kept coming to this well thinking she was going to be filled or thinking she was going to be, her thirst was going to be quenched, but it wasn't because she obviously was coming back time after time after again. And it's crazy because most of the time when Jesus is talking to those who are in need of a miracle, he's in a position where he can pretty much relate to them. I'm not saying that in all cases, but in this cases, 
Jesus was tired. And basically, this woman had to be tired. And, you know, I don't know if anybody ever heard that terminology. You know, Jesus will always meet you right where you are. He is physically, mentally, and spiritually. And more than likely, this woman was tired. Let me, let me say this, right? Let me insert this. If this was me, I would have been tired. Do you know how heavy it is just picking up a gallon of water? A gallon of water is not light. So this woman had a bucket. You know what I'm saying? Like, a, what, carrying water is carrying water. Not, no amount of water over a liter is light. It has weight to it. And I'm going to just say that. So she had to be tired. And so Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. Basically, he what was saying, you're not just thirsty, but your soul is weary. Your, her soul had to be tired. And Jesus knew that. So the woman said in verse 15, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. She was tired. She was thirsty. And she was tired of coming up to that well to get to draw that water. I would have been tired too also because she was coming alone. At least the men who were sending her up there, they, they could have came with her. But she ran into a real man. She ran into Jesus. It was like, listen, you don't have to go through this anymore. And I'm so like amazed at how she was like, yo, listen, what, what, what did you say? She said, sir, give me this water. She was tired and she had had enough. And that's how you're supposed to be on scene. She didn't be like, well, what about this? What about that? This is how you know she was ready. And when you're ready, change is always available. I don't care what anyone says. This one was like, where, 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 where is that? Like, you know, excuse my, that's not proper English, but that's what, you know, they say in the street, you know, tell me where it is or, you know, where's that? That's how, you know, that's that street language or whatever. So Jesus said to her, go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband for you have had five husbands and the one whom you now have is not your husband and that you spoke truly. This is what I, this is what I was saying before Jesus. Cause I, like I said, I wanted to be mindful that children may be listening. Jesus knew what this woman was about. And this is why, again, I'm going to insert Jesus, is not a stranger. You don't, when you want a real change, when you want to come out of a lifestyle that you're living and you're tired of, whether it be addiction um, alcoholism, anything you do not have to go, but so far in conversation or in communion with Jesus, he knows us already. He's not a stranger. You can talk to him and he will talk back to you. Just like he was talking to this woman, the place where she was from, they were wilding. He didn't care. The thing is he already knew he already knew. So he said to her, you ha he said, and the, he said, you have spoke truly. So if these weren't her husbands, she was a mistress. She said she didn't have no husband. He said, you have had five. That means she was sleeping around with these men. And then in exchange, the favor so-called that they was giving her, she still had to go get what she needed. They weren't even man enough or, you know, willing, I should say. I don't want to dis, you know, downgrade or disrespect men in this moment. They weren't even willing to come get the water with her now imagine that you guys you're a woman and you doing you know some whatever type of pleasure you get the money for what you did in exchange for whatever you need to survive 
and now you got to go fetch the water and bring it back to the person who paid you? First of all, that's slavery because once you do a job, so-called, I hate to call it that, but that, that was her form of living. You know, I'm, I'm going to say it. She more than likely was a prostitute. And when they paid her, she was, quote unquote, she should have been off of her so-called duties. I'm trying to keep this clean, y'all. She was supposed to be off her so-called so -called duties and she can go get her own water. The reason why this was bondage and this was some for the spirit, uh, a form of spiritual slavery because the only thing they were able to give her was a pail. The, the only thing they were able to give her, no, they probably paid her or they were paying her with what she needed to survive. Thank you, Holy Ghost. That's what I'm trying to say. They were only giving her what she needed to survive. They couldn't have been paying her wages because she was tired. Who in the world is going to say, I'm tired of making money? Nobody. You know what I mean? So that's what she was doing. Whatever favors she was doing so-called with her body, they still weren't giving her what she deserved. And they still made her, made her go get what she needed to survive. That's why she was in Biden. That's why she was tired. And anybody in that situation, you would be tired too. It says, so the woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. So she knew this is somebody, this, this is very crazy right here. This part is like, I don't want to say tricky, but it's very, this is something else to meditate on verse, verse 19. She said, I perceive that you are a prophet. So this was, this woman wasn't a stranger of the things of God, she just wasn't where she was supposed to be in God. Because you, you're not going to just recognize a prophet just because. People in the street don't do that. People just, she was living the life she was living, but she was not void of the understanding of a man of God, but she recognized Christ as being a prophet. And that's why you should sit under leaders. I know this is like a little sidebar that can speak into your life because if not, you're just going to be out here doing things and nobody's going to be able to tell you when enough is enough. You just can't be sitting under just anybody. So it says, and it says, our fathers worshiped on this mountain and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me. The hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So basically he was telling her, you are living a life of a lie because you know about the things of God, but you're not walking in it. Like he was telling her basically an hour is going to come where you're going to have to worship in spirit and in truth, not just in your works. So she felt like, you know, I, I, I know that you're, I'm perceiving that you are a prophet, but at the same time, her spirit, it was not in Christ. It wasn't, she wasn't where she was supposed to be in her personal walk with God. And that's what Jesus came to do. That's what he died for. He wanted us to come out of the tradition about what, you know, just saying what our forefathers did or what my grandmother did or what my mom did. He came to make 
this walk with him personal with this woman. He broke up or he was basically telling her, listen, I hear what you're saying, but it's going to come in time. It's going to come in time, a time and point in your life where you're going to have to know me personally. I understand what all your, the people did before you, but now this is one-on-one. -on -one. This is me and you. And verse 26 says, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. See who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. See, she knew. She knew about, she had been around things or people that talked about God, but she never knew Christ personally. Because I, I feel like this woman didn't know. She didn't know that she could have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with Jesus. She always, she was full of religion and she was out there wilding out. But Jesus was like, okay, you're, you're, you're willing to serve these people. I, I perceive that you'll be willing to serve me. And it make, it makes total sense to me. And because he probably was thinking if she's doing this for these men, she has no problem with submission. And that's another bad rap that people get in the world that don't know God. Oh, you're, you're not this or you're not capable of doing this. No, if you're capable of following rules or I just say or, or being a person of your word or, you know, because she said, okay, I'm going up here to this well. I'm going to come back down here. She was known for doing that and being faithful to that duty. So Jesus saw potential in her to serve so you just can't be looking at people and just saying what they're not capable of because you don't know. Only God knows. So again, that was just a little sidebar. I don't know how I got over there. But anyway, uh, verse 25, no, verse 26, after Jesus said, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all these things. But this is what Jesus said to her. This is where I'm going to go ahead and close this out. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. So he was basically telling her, I'm telling you all things because I'm the Messiah. I'm the prophet. And what I'm telling you is what it is. And so this, this I don't want to say story, these words of Christ and this passage in this woman, if you can get a chance, take a, if you get a chance, take a look at it on your own time. It is in John chapter four, and it's where Jesus takes this walk or, or, or this opportunity to change this woman's walk, her perspective, her mindset, her religion, her traditions of man that was engrafted in her mind at the time. And Jesus met her where she was and he made himself personal to her. He made himself personal to her. So again, this is another moment in time what what I came across to confirm what came to me a few days ago that Jesus is not he's not a stranger you guys you can talk to him no matter what this woman was walling out she was dealing I think with five or six men and Jesus was like listen and and then you know what own own your mess like I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it. own we should always own our crap don't ever be afraid to own your mess because Jesus knows. You know what I mean? We can't hide from him. It doesn't matter who we are, what we've done, and how are we, you know, looking at how we look at ourselves. Jesus knows. So he's he's more concerned about you being honest with yourself before you go around telling everybody else your business. Get honest with God and then the heck with everybody else. You know what I mean? Your life will speak for itself after that because it goes down further. 
um, when you read it, it said, you know, she went and told everybody, come see about a man who told me everything that I ever, I ever did. She made it personal. So after, in that moment, it wasn't for her to go say, um, to tell all that she had done. She went and told them that she was forgiven. And then the people came and they heard it for themselves. And they even started believing after that, the Bible says. So yeah, again, Jesus is not a stranger. Don't ever be afraid to talk to him. Don't ever be afraid to, you know, just to, and this wasn't a long out conversation. And another thing um, that's wise to do when one, when Jesus tells you who you are, don't think twice about it. Receive and accept what he says about you. If he, if he convicts you in your heart about something that you need to change, just do it immediately because then the faster you do it or, or, or the quicker you're receptive to God's word that that stops you having to justify yourself to people and explain yourself to people. So once you get good, you know, once you get locked in with Jesus and locked in with God and locked in his word, locked in with the Holy ghost, you don't have to justify yourself to people anymore. You don't have to be someone else. You can just be yourself in God. And that is the most liberating thing that I've ever had to experience as a Christian, as a believer as well. So I just thank you guys for listening. I hope this blessed you because it blessed me. And again, I'm going to actually entitle this Jesus is not a stranger. And again, it's John chapter four, where you get a chance, check it out. And it is, it is just a, a beautiful love story about how, you know, we can come to Christ with our whatever. The thing is, when you come to him, you can share everything, but you only have to share a minimum. According to this, you don't have to say much. Go to him and let Jesus do the talking through his words and how he speak to us because he knows y'all. He knows every single thing about us and it's all good because he just wants, he died for change. He died for us to change. And um, if you want it to be personal, it, it could happen for you. God is not a respect of person. So just believe him and trust him. And um, I love you all. Take care. And I will see you next time on the next episode of Inside Triple O. All right.